This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let me hear you say now. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode, brand new era of the 1912 Exiles podcast. I'm Jack from WeAreExiles.net and your occasional host for today. And so what do I mean by new era? What is this new era? Well, you may have noticed some changes before you even get to my opening remarks. And yeah, we're extremely excited to announce that we've partnered up with TalkSport to bring our own brand of amber-soaked audio to their network of podcasts. But what does this mean going forward then? Editorially, nothing will change. We'll still hear from Ian opine on floodlights and pies. We'll still hear from Ed liking players to onions and curries. We'll still hear from Jamie refer to players by their Brazilian names, you know, the Langued when you for one. We'll still hear from Reese and his stato pulls. And unfortunately, we'll still hear my unhinged, highly edited rants about Wrexham. The only thing that will change, though, is that we're lucky enough now to be supported by a few adverts here and there that helps us directly with the running costs of the pod and enables us to bring more 1912 exiles to more people. And for that, we're excited to kick on as part of the new TalkSport fan network. I hope you stick with us for this ride. And as ever, you can chuck in your listener feedback anytime you like straight to the source at 1912exiles on Twitter or X if you're Elon Musk and you try to change things. As ever, though, before we get stuck into the podcast of the day, we've got to thank our supporters who kicked the price of a coffee or two, or three, or sometimes five, to help support the pod even further. Roll call, please, then. Ian Griffin, who says, keep going, great podcast. Thank you, Ian. Welsh Exile, who says, always enjoy the show, count it till I die. Girl Saturday, good stuff as always, guys. Joe E, second time tipper, love the pod, enjoy a beer on me. Started following six years ago, jumping on the bandwagon to Spurs away. I'm now a Gold Trust member, regular attendee at games, done 15 away grounds, and dragged a dozen different mates along to watch games over the years. Love it, says Joe. And let's, let's just hope that's the same catalyst we get with the Manchester United fixture. Guys like you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. And in addition to those fine upstanding 1912 Exilers, we thank the following upstanding dignitaries for subscribing a regular few quid each month. So our thanks go to Mark Williams, Martin Kings, Daniel Harin, Hamid Baladabadi, and the Rosehead Exiles WhatsApp group. If you'd like to support us and you like what we do and help us with equipment, running, and advertising costs, you could do so at co-fi.com1912 Exiles again. Thank you ever so much for your kindness. And as yet, Joe, the Murringer Beer Money Pot remains self-funded. But you haven't just tuned in to hear me talk about our new tie-up with TalkSport. You probably also want an actual podcast to hear about Newport County stuff as well. So in a moment, we hear from Ed and a few friends of the pod about the Swindon game. We're conscious that after all the excitement of the Wrexham and United games, that our February fixture list isn't exactly one that gets the heart beating, is it? 
So the coming weeks, as well as the usual match reports, we'll be adding in some bonus content for you. We'll be speaking to Chris Kerwin from the Argus and Louis, who does the club's media, about their experiences of reporting on the club during the media storm that was the United game. Now the club might capitalise on that interest. And then later in the month, we'll be speaking to the sports writer Martin Calladine about his new book examining the uneasy relationship between football and crypto. But in this episode today, we've got an interview with two players from the Newport City women about the women's game locally and their ambitions for promotion this season. More on that later. Anyway, let's turn our attention to County. Ed was in Newport Brighton early for Saturday's early kickoff against Swindon and recorded a matchday diary, so let's pick that up. Good morning, Exiles. It feels a little bit wrong to be preparing for a football match this early in the morning when you can still taste the toothpaste. And it's a, a sharp contrast, isn't it, to last Sunday when we had that extra long afternoon to enjoy all the pre-match build-up. So, yeah, my beef with Gwent Police remains, but let's save that for another day. Um, this has gone from being a good time to play Swindon to being quite a bad time, I think, to play them. They haven't appointed a new manager yet, but they did beat Bradford last weekend, ending that dreadful run of form they had before uh, Mike Flynn got the boot They've also signed Harry McCurdy uh, this transfer deadline day, along with a few others. So we may look to find out a bit more about that as the day goes on. For Newport County, it was obviously a mercifully quiet transfer window. I don't know about you, but I thought Hugh Jenkins's statement yesterday was very reassuring. You know, he was pretty clear there are going to be times when we do have to sell our assets if the offer's good and if the player wants to go, but we're not going to be rushed into taking low ball offers. And that's kind of as it should be, I guess. Um, you know, as long as we're patient and we invest in the summer rather than making panic signings in the rip-off window and we get as much as we can for our assets at the right time, then yeah, that's kind of, that'll do for me. So yeah, a really, really good statement, I thought. Um, as for today, might we have a little bit of a cup hangover? Reese was quoting stats to me last week that when we had cup runs under Flynn, we'd often then have a very poor league spell. And yeah, we've got some some difficult fixtures coming up. Swindon today, away at Walsall, Notts County. Yeah, it could be a bit of a, a dry spell in, in February. But, you know, on the plus side, it might be the day that we get some fresh options up front. Might we see Luke Jeffcott for the first time? Might we even see something rarer than rocking horse shit? A Newport County appearance for a Frande Zanzala. All of these questions and more will be answered throughout the day. So, yeah, I'm heading off shortly. Let's let's get to the port and get into it. So, 45 minutes before kickoff, we are sat in uh, Boswell's having a quick coffee before the game. Team news is in, and we've got country file. Matt Baker is in for Harry Charlesley. Otherwise, uh, it's unchanged, and then. Uh, Jameson on the bench, Zanzala on the bench and the new boy Luke Jeffka on the bench but to give me some Swindon insights I'm joined by uh, my friend Phil who used to live around the corner from me and has now moved back to his native Wiltshire and will be supporting Swindon this afternoon How are you doing Phil? Hello, very well, thanks Ed uh, Lovely to be on And lineups are in and Harry McCurdy, who's your big signing uh, is on the bench along with there as others. So t- firstly, talk us through your, your deadline day because you had a lot more action than we did, although that wasn't very difficult, and you've, you've kind of strengthened a lot. So what can we expect this afternoon and what can we expect from the debutants? Yeah, it was a very exciting deadline day. There was quite a lot of grumbling throughout January with a lot of general ineptitude behind the scenes at Swindon. But yeah, it was kind of made up for, to a certain extent, on deadline day. So lots of people brought in, notably Harry McCurdy, who uh, yeah, was at Swindon a couple of years ago and real fan favourite. Uh, a, a cynic would say it's kind of been brought in by the board to, uh, to appease some people, but yeah, it's really nice to see him back. McGurk as well from Leeds, who's a kind of former, former Leeds youth guy, originally from Wigan as well. Um, yeah, it'd be really good to see him, see how he, how he copes. He's never done any senior minutes, but a lot in kind of PL2. Um, so yeah, we'll see how he gets on as well. But yeah, the team today, same as the uh, as the Bradford, 2-0 uh, last week, which was a, a pretty, for, by our standards this season, pretty boring, pretty rudimentary 2-0 win, really. So uh, yeah, very, very tidy. Because... That was your that was your first game after the departure of Mike Flynn, which I'm obviously going to have to ask you about. Mm. When you appointed Flynn, I remember saying to you, "That's a good appointment." You know, you'll probably tread water it first season, but second season he'll get you into the playoffs. Didn't quite work out like that, and after that, 
cup defeat uh, to Aldershot felt like the writing was on the wall but it, it seemed to get quite toxic towards the end it did get quite toxic um, I think there's a general level of kind of toxicity around the club in general and I think he was a bit of a, of a byword for that almost but yeah like I said after the Aldershot game like things looked it was just getting, getting worse and worse really um, but I do remember you saying like when we did when he did come along at the, at the start you were basically saying he'll keep it pretty straight like <laughs> keep things solid that sort of thing but actually like he was a bit too gung-ho if mm. anything like just going a bit too crazy with everything very rigid in terms of like what the way he'd play, which was very fluid, always passing out from the back, that sort of thing. Just pretty suicidal a lot of the time, essentially. Um, whereas um, the new manager, who had a little little spell in charge at the end of last season, has actually paired it back a lot. Last, yeah. last week was a very pretty defensive, pretty chilled out 2-0 um, win, really. So I think it'll be quite a, a quietish game today. Probably, but, but, but he's only interim manager, right? You've not appointed anyone permanently, or is it sort of he's got it and till the end of the season type thing and see what happens? They've basically said in the statement he'll have it till the end of the season on a kind of interim basis. Okay. So I'd be very surprised if anyone else got it between now and the end of the season. I think they're just kind of coasting essentially. Yeah. Um, maybe a playoff push if things happen, but yeah. I doubt it. I doubt it. And I've got to ask, so Ezra, you're you're here. You used to stand or sit with with us and cheer Newport on now that you've moved to Wiltshire in your heart who are you going to be rooting for this afternoon Swindon or Newport Swindon Swindon alright then and let's get some goal some score predictions then from the boys Tom what's going to happen 2-1 Swindon you're saying 2-1 Swindon ever the optimist Ezra what are you saying 1-1 1-1 Phil I think it'll also be 1-1 I was saying I'm, I'm a bit worried because it feels like we've got the hex over Swindon a little bit. The last couple of visits I've had to the county ground, we've won. We've had a nice little run of, of good results at home. I fear the pendulum's going to have to swing the other way at some point, and I'm a bit worried we might have a bit of a cup hangover. But um, let's, let, I'll, I'll go with Ezra. I think I'm going to say 1-1 as well. So we're, we'll wander over and uh, see who we bump into. Right, so I'm down in the concourse with the Hazelstand Whiskey Club. So we've got Stu, Ollie, Fraser and Chris. What are your feelings, Stu? I think it's always a tight game against them, isn't it? And I think, I think, I don't know if there's going to be a bit of a hangover from the cup. Yeah. No, but I think we had a dip the last couple of times we've had a cup run. So I'm hoping that doesn't happen today, obviously. And they're on good form at the moment. They've picked up since they brought in the new manager. Yeah. New manager bounces, Nick said earlier when we chatted to her. Yeah. So I think a draw might be okay today, but obviously hoping for the win. And Ollie, are you are you looking forward to maybe seeing Luke Jeffcott come on? Are we are we going to be expecting a lot from him, or do we need to go gently with him first of all? Well, there. I think the sort of media narrative at the moment is the fact that uh, Luke Jeffcott scored against us a few seasons ago when uh, when he was playing at Swindon. So I think it's definitely an interesting move. Um, I agree with a lot of comments you made this week about. It's been a positive transfer window in the sense of that we might not have added much, but we didn't lose. And I think with Jeff got it's a good addition. Maybe not for the immediate yeah. term, but in the future, I think it's definitely going to be uh, a shrewd signing, especially with the turnover we see in strikers season on season. So if you can get some minutes today, I think that's great. But I don't think his time is right now. I think he's a player for later on. Yeah, exactly. I saw. Um someone making the point earlier and I think this is right that this is kind of the Hugh Jenkins mentality is you don't sell a player and then go oh, shit, we need to buy someone and, and go out and rush and maybe get the wrong player or pay too much for them instead you, you've always got that pipeline it feels like he's he is ultimately the Will Evans replacement but the two will be around at the same time Jeff is going to get up to fitness and then maybe Evans goes in the summer so it's it feels very much like a proactive move rather yeah. than a reactive move yeah exactly that Fraser, what, what's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen today? You're normally quite accurate with these, more than more than us old gippers. So what's going to happen? I think it'll be a 1-1 draw today. I think, like my dad said, we'll be suffering a bit from the cut. But as you said, I think we're maybe still slightly over Swindon. But I think if we lose today, we could be on a bit of a bad run. Well, you're in the 1-1 club along with me and, and Ezra. So I'm, I think that, that feels like we've now got a majority in, in favour of a 1-1. Chris, go on, put, put a bit of realism into the conversation. What, what do we need to watch out for? What's the danger? They signed a lot of new players, haven't they? So whether they bring them into the squad today, I don't know. They're all on the bench, uh, it seems to me. Yeah, from okay. four on the bench, so that could disrupt them a little bit. 
Um, but fancy us today, actually. I think we might uh, might scrape a win. 1-0, 2-1. There we go. Second half's going to be big, I reckon, because they've got players to come off the bench to make their debut. We've got Jeff Cook possibly coming on. We might see Zanzala. We might see Jameson, you know, the man, the myth. Yeah, so... It's all, it's all going to be about the second half, I reckon. We might have a tight first half and then it's going to be whose debutants are better. So, um, yeah, well, we're, we're what? Quarter an hour till kickoff or so and we'll, we'll head in and see what happens. Right, 25 minutes in. Uh, we've got a player go down, so I think the players are going to have a bit of a... what looks like a tactical drinks break. Been a very even opening 25 chances for both teams some heavy challenges starting to go in McLaughlin was on a booking from right early on so I suspect we're going to see him changed at half time and we might see Payne come on because yeah you don't want to have a player on a booking against a winger of Heaven Murphy's quality but yeah challenges have started flying in left right centre Aaron Wildig just did a superb track back and, and tackle and then followed up with another diving effort so it's getting a little bit physical out there um, danger of tempers going over the top but other than that not a lot between the sides. What are you making of it, Phil? Very even so far. Yeah, not not too many goals or not too many chances. Uh, pretty even. Lots of nice tackles flying in. And uh, yeah, pretty as expected, I'd say. Yeah. The one worry to me is the the lack of pace in our central midfield looks particularly apparent today. Yeah. I wonder whether when Charlesley comes on in the second half, that might be a bit of a relief because we do need a few more willing runners in there. Uh, and yeah, Will Evans having a, a very very good game so far but yeah not much in it players just restarted 26 minutes gone and yeah on we go well only four minutes have gone by but in that time I think Swindon have carved us open two or three times the the composure of Swindon in that final third compared to ours and the quality of the ball in that final third compared to ours is really starting to tell a little bit They've just been picking out passes into the box and with players in space. We, are, we need to get a lot tighter to them because this is starting to feel a little bit ominous. Scott Bennett's just gone into the book for a, a heavy challenge on the uh, Swindon number 22. The referee allowed play to go on and then pulled it back. We're going to really have to have a think about what we do in midfield in, this, in the second half. We're, what, 38 minutes now. And I think we're going to need to have a bit of a change of shape because at the moment we are looking overwhelmed in midfield. Swindon seems to have the extra man every time. I wonder whether there might be a case to move to a four at the back and push country file into midfield or maybe push him up. But we might take Bennett off and bring Charlesley on or something. But we, um, yeah, we need more legs and more people in midfield at the minute because uh, Swindon having far, far too much of the ball in that middle third. Yeah, it's, it's getting increasingly difficult for us. If we can just get through to half-time, I think I'll be quite relieved at this, right? Right, half-time. Um, County will undoubtedly be the happier of the two teams to get down the, the tunnel and have their half-time cup of tea. Do they even have cups of tea? They probably don't. It's probably all isotonic energy drinks and all that nonsense. Um, what's your summation of the first half? A few raw eggs. Um, it, it was an interesting first half, which kind of did simmer down um, later on as we went into it. Um, but yeah, like Swindon, I think more likely to make something happen, but pretty even overall, I thought. I enjoyed seeing uh, Conor McCarthy, Swindon's um, centre-back on loan from Barnsley. He has added a touch of class to us, to our defence, which hasn't been there for most of this season. Pre-match, I was chatting with Stu and trying to um, argue that we're we're not a long ball side we're a direct side but on the evidence of that it was very long ball particularly as the time went on uh, and who should walk over to me at exactly this moment but Dave from Ratedion from Dave Tignan yeah or or Hannah Kunter what do you think of the first half Divlas Young Divlas there we go um, I think we were probably the happiest to, to come off at that point um, yeah, I'd say very flat from County. Um, Swindon had all the best chances, but don't look like they can finish at the moment. So, yeah, pretty happy to be nil-nil. Just before the game started, we were saying second half is going to be big. You know, that both sides have got stronger benches than they have had. Swindon have brought in a load of new players, all of whom are on the bench. Obviously, we've got Jeff got on the bench, but we've also got players going back from injury. So, yeah, there's a, a lot of pressure, I think, on who comes on and where. 
Um, it, it, it screaming out to me that one of Jeffcott or um, McCurdy's going to come on and <laughs> taste something. <laughs> That's basically what's going to happen. There you go. You heard it here first. Oh. Just as I hit record, Swindon score. Uh, we are barely a minute into the second half. And, yeah, we've been hit on the break. That lad Glatzel, who uh, the low stranger had warned us about, got through. He had all the time in the world to pick his spot and knock it past Nick Townsend. What I was actually recording to say was that, yeah, we, as predicted, we've taken off Harry Charsley and brought on... Uh, uh, sorry, taken off Scott Bennett and brought on Harry Charsley. Benno was on a booking and had taken a bit of a knock. But, um, but yeah, he has not... We've not started that second half at all well. And, yeah... Work to do, as they say. Belatedly, the crowd getting up for it. Will Evans was just hauled down and there's been a yellow card for a Swindon player. And we've got a a free kick on the right-hand side of the penalty area. McLaughlin seems to be standing over it or possibly Scouse on his left foot I should imagine it would be McLaughlin meanwhile um, yeah McLaughlin's moved into midfield and we've gone to four at the back with Baker at the right but right back which I think is what's needed but it's just that we're chasing the game now the ball comes in and it, yeah it's cleared away um, Evans had a lovely opportunity and perhaps might have done better to square it across but rather than hit it on his weaker foot yeah we've already looked a bit more dangerous this half but we're having to do it from a position of 1-0 down again the milkman delivers cross came in perfect poacher's goal for Evans who managed to get on the end of it and got a tap in and yeah we are starting to pull our way back into this and actually despite letting a goal in that first minute of the second half we've created better and more chances in the five minutes of follow than we did in the entire first half and at this point now, Swindon are bringing on a double substitution. Um, El Albazetti, who you, we were trying to... Albazetti, who you brought in from uh, AIK, is coming on. And yeah, this, this switch to four in midfield that we talked about in the first half seems to have helped County now. McLaughlin bringing a bit of creativity to the party. And yeah, Charlesley just probably the extra legs that we need. And yeah, the man going off for Albazetti is uh, Jake Kane, who I have to say, he's getting booed. I thought he's, he's had a really good game. Um, looks like exactly the sort of player that possibly we're, we're missing. You know, Ian was talking about that all-action midfielder we needed. And, yeah, Swindon have got one. Meanwhile, Harry McCurdy has been uh, having some banter with the, the Newport fans, I think it's fair to say. Been a few little uh, things shouted at him and a few little gestures back from him to the crowd, but all in, in good spirit, in fairness. Country file Baker just cleared one off the line. He, yeah, couldn't have been in a better position there. Glatzel it was again who had the uh, had the chance, and yeah, Country file perfect position to just clear his lines. That was very very impressive from him. Um, yeah, just seen the the replay of the goal. Really nice uh, corner routine, cross in from uh, Scouse Lewis into Evans. That partnership seems to have done us really well this season. They seem to be on the same wavelength. Those two. Right, on comes the pantomime villain, Harry McCurdy, coming on uh, along with this, um, this lad McGurk. And yeah, McCurdy is coming on for the lad Glatzel. We're at 67 minutes, 68 minutes. I wonder how long it will be now before we, uh, we throw Jeff Cut on to have 20 minutes of running at the end. Yeah, it looks to me as though we might be warming up for a substitution. So yeah, let's see whether that's the, the final change that we make for the afternoon. come through controls it well and then knocks it past the keeper who's just been booked for uh, complaining about an offside it didn't look like it from here and yeah 2-1 up very well taken by Seb we've still got 20 minutes to go we are going to need to keep our discipline here this is far from one but yeah very very nice finish from Seb (laughs) 
Another drinks break as we come into the last 10 minutes. Swindon looking for an equaliser, but they're leaving gaps at the other end. Uh, and we are going to see Luke Jeffcook coming on for Aaron Wildig. And we're also going to see Zanzala and Payne. So we're doing a triple substitution. The lesser spotted of Randy Zanzala is going to get on the pitch, which, uh, yeah, will be a bit of a surprise. Let's see. Yeah, so Palmer Holden coming off for Zanzala. And Payne presumably is going to come on at right back for Baker. So, yeah, Palmer Holden celebrating his goal in front of the Swindon fans was uh, a nice moment. He does love to wind up the opposition supporters a little bit. Other than that, oh yeah, oh yeah, sorry, Payne's coming on for Lewis, so there's going to be a bit of shuffling of the pack in the, in the back line. Lewis, I think, has played ever so well today. Some of his crossing has been a bit haphazard, but defensively, he's really stuck to his task well. His positioning has been superb, and he's, yeah, he's got forward well as well. So that's been nice to watch. Other than that, yeah, it just feels as though County have found the shape a little bit more this half. We are still going to have to see out this last 10 minutes, though. Swindon desperate for the equaliser. McCurdy is desperate for a goal. We're going to have to be on our metal. What, what do you think, Phil? Any predictions for the last 10 minutes or so? I can't see us getting, uh, getting anything here. But you never know. You never know. You're defending very, very, very ably at the moment, I think. Slightly by surprise there, the final whistle, because there's 96 minutes up and we should have had 97, but that'll do. 2-1 victory, that gives us 38 points now in the league, and I know we're supposed to be looking upwards towards the playoffs, but getting closer to the 40-point mark is still filling my heart with joy. Jeff got, I thought, looked really good when he came on, showed some good touches, did more running than I perhaps had expected. And the other thing that occurred to me is, yeah, we, our status as uh, Swindon Town's bogey team seems to continue to live another day, Phil. Yeah, unfortunately so, yeah. It's, uh, I think after getting the early goal, I think Swindon got a little bit too complacent, maybe. Didn't really come out, didn't really start playing after that, which is a real shame, but, you know, much, much uh, new subs. Looked quite fresh at the end, but couldn't quite muster much. We, we were saying it felt like two fairly bang-average mid-table sides having a bit of a slugging match. They both had some bits of quality, but they also had their deficiencies as well. That's right, yeah, I'd say so. I think Harry McCurdy at the end was a nice little cameo, hit the post after a little bit mazy run. That was the closest we came, really, but yeah, like you say, tough to feel too bad after that, I think. We'll see you all next year. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks, Ed, for that fantastic diary. That's part one of the show in the bag. And we've heard about the win against Swindon. Absolutely brilliant. We are very close to the bottom end of the playoffs now. And is is that adjusting your expectations on the season? I, I, oh, I have great difficulty being really optimistic as a Newport County fan at the best of times. But form is on our side, guys, and anything could happen anyway. What for the rest of the podcast, then? Well, what about football more widely in a Newport sense? Some of you might have been to Friday night's derby against Newport City FC in this wherry, where the home side won to send them second in the table. Brilliant. Fantastic for them. And, of course, we spoke to Newport City's owner and manager back in the summer, didn't we? But what about women's football in Newport? 
County to our shame, we don't have a women's team of our own. And, and even though Cardiff and Swansea and Wrexham all have sides playing in the Adran League, we don't have one. And Newport's only representation in the pyramid is from Newport City women. Well, Ed caught up a few weeks ago with their players, Amy Doswell and Sophie Jenkins, to hear about their season, their plans, and how healthy the women's game is in Newport more generally. Let's hear that chat. So, uh, do you want to introduce yourselves first of all? Tell us, tell us about yourselves, tell us about what you do at Newport City Women. Yeah, okay. So, I'm Amy Doswell. I'm uh, vice captain of the ladies' team at the moment, and I've been playing for Newport City for a couple of seasons now. And I've come on from other clubs in the past, uh, maybe at a little bit of a higher level, but hoping that we can get Newport City into that sort of same standard as I've been playing at previous years. And I'm hoping that as vice captain, I can help the team to achieve that. We also both me and Sophie are in charge of sorting out the most important thing, which is like sorting out the clubhouse for where we go for our nuggets and chips afterwards. So kind of all the little bit of background stuff that goes on that the other players don't really know about. So we both contribute to that quite a bit. And I'm Sophie Jenkins. I've played for Newport City for four seasons now. I'm kind of in between both our teams. So we have a ladies team and a development team. And I kind of play for either team, depending on who we have available in the squad where I can help the best, which is kind of cool. I kind of like it because it means I get to sort of see everybody in the squad, which is quite big at sort of like 35 or 40 people um, on a regular basis, which is cool. Um, and then alongside that, I also hold a position on the committee for the for all of the club. Um, so that's sort of compiled of um, the owners, the team managers across all the different age groups. Uh, and then I kind of just come in as a representative for the women's side, really, so I can bring anything, maybe like whether it's concerns from the team or questions and things like that. Um, and so I contribute as well in that way. By way of context, some listeners will remember that back in the summer, episode 137, we spoke with Mike and Sam, the owner and the manager of the Newport City men's team, um, as part of a conversation we wanted to have about football in Gwent generally. And we we touched in that chat but really briefly on Newport City women, um, but it's something that I've been wanting to come back to. And I must admit, the thing that prompted me to get in touch was a news story I saw a few weeks back about um, Cardiff City ladies announcing that they'd be using Spitty Park for their home games. So uh, Cardiff City ladies aren't affiliated to Cardiff City FC. Cardiff City, like Swansea and Wrexham, have a women's team in the Welsh setup, which we'll perhaps come on to. Um, and Cardiff City ladies have a much longer history in playing the English setup. But either way, my reaction to that was like, get off our turf. What are you doing in Newport? What are you doing at Spitty Park? You know, county use it for training. Newport City men play their home matches there. Yeah, all of that kind of prompted me to, to drop you a line and find out um, what's happening with the women's game in Gwent. But let's sort of start with that. Do you feel a bit miffed about the fact that there's another women's team pitching up in Newport? Or is that a good thing? Like, what's what's been the response to that? Uh, so it's a bit of mixed bag, to be honest. Obviously, women's football is up and coming at the moment anyway. So any sort of club that wants to invest in the women's game is obviously great news for us. Uh, Cardiff City, that play in the English League, they're not really at the level that we're currently at. Um, so it's not like they'd be coming into Newport and stealing all our players and taking people away from us. So we're not kind of worried in that aspect. But back in the summer, we met with uh, Mike and Gareth and we discussed what aspects they wanted us to bring to Newport City ladies what they wanted for our future and stuff like that and they brought big plans for the ladies team and hopefully in the next couple of years all going well we'll be pushing up with the big teams going into the north the north and south leagues going into maybe in the prem premiership league in the future and at that point we'd be thinking well we should be playing at our home ground in the future at the moment it's great because uh, Next Gen have come in and they've given us the velodrome pitch, which is much better than what we had last season. We had a pretty poor grass pitch last season, so we're very grateful for the the guys coming in and giving us the like the funding for the pitch that we've got now. But we we do hope to come and make a stake for the home pitch at some point. So watch this space. Well, many county fans uh, kind of hark back to the days at Spitty Park. It was a, a lovely, ugly ground. You know, it sort of had its good things and its bad things about it. I'm not sure many of us would kind of want to go back to watching county there every every week. But I know from friends who've been to watch the, the Newport City men's team that, you know, it still retains the same kind of atmosphere. And yeah, that's good to hear that the, 
the ambition of the the women's team is to get back there. But so where are you playing at the moment and what sort of crowds are you getting? So at the moment we play at the Velodrome, which is literally right next to Splitty Park, maybe like a five minute walk over. Um, it's a 3D pitch. Uh, it's really nice. The facilities are great. Uh, in terms of crowds, we uh, it's a bit hit or miss, to be honest. Uh, most of the crowds that we get are families of the girls that play. Um, so we maybe be getting about 20 mums and dads and a couple of friends or partners or whatever that come down. Uh, we quite often get a few um, rival teams coming down to sc- scout us out and see what we're about when they haven't got a game on their weekend. So it's quite common to know quite a lot of the girls across all the other clubs in the, in the South Wales setup because, yeah, we, we all go and scout each other's teams, look for strengths and weaknesses and stuff like that. Um, but we would love to have a bit of a bigger crowd. Um, we don't uh, we don't really have the facilities to like promote when we've got games and stuff at the moment, it's something that the club has been working on in terms of media presence. We do get a little slot in the men's program now, which advertises the games and also talks about the players that we've got. Um, but we we do need to be a little bit better at making a bit more of a media presence on social media and stuff like that. So hopefully in the future, with how the league's going this year, hopefully all going well, we could likely get promoted to the Adrian South in the in the summer. And if we do, then we get a little bit more like emphasis on the crowds and people might be a little bit more interested in coming to CSN. That was something I was going to ask about. So uh, as I've understood it, you the, the Welsh women's pyramid mirrors that of the, the men's Cymru League. So there's a, a, an all-Wales top division, the Adrian League, then you've got a north and a south set up beneath that, and then it kind of further regionalises beneath that. So you're at that, like, third, that third level, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so... In our sort of tier, if you like, there are kind of like three yeah. divisions, division two, division one, and then the like a combined division, which is where our ladies play at the moment. You've got then tier two, I guess, which is where the Adran Souths and Adran North belong. And then above that, you've obviously got a Welsh Prem. So whoever wins the South and wins the North, they don't both go into the Prem. They then have to play a playoff to, and only one team goes into the, into the Premiership then. So... It's actually really difficult to break into that into that tier because even if you win your league, you're not necessarily going to then end up in the Premiership. And then that filters in the same way down to the lower leagues where, for example, if we win our league, we don't automatically get promoted unless we fulfil X, Y and Z criteria for going into tier two. Then I don't know. I don't know, to be honest, if that's the same in the men's game, but certainly in the women's game, we would have to fulfil x y and z criteria to then be deemed eligible to be promoted into that adjunct South. and it's things that you only get with like funding so the things that they want is like a stadium with a stand that can hold x amount of people even if you don't get x amount of people coming to watch you you need a coach that's ua for b certified stuff like that so it's only things that come with funding and unfortunately a lot of teams don't get that in the women's game yet so Hopefully that will change going forward and gives like the teams more opportunity because one of the biggest thing in women's football is people not being able to carry on playing or whatever. And there's always a lot of shifting and shaping around in the summer about who's staying and who's going and stuff like that. And aspects like that, if we couldn't fulfill the criteria and go up, some of our better players might look to go somewhere else. And that's one of the biggest problems for us because if we lose some of our best players, then we won't compete again next season. So it's a minefield in the women's game a bit, to be honest. So. Yeah, the issue about like grading requirements for teams to get promoted, I think, is is a problem across all of the the sort of Cymru leagues. But the point of you know you can win the title but by a, a mile and not necessarily get promoted. I think that's that seems to be a particular issue within the women's game in Wales and I think across the border as well. It feels much more as though the top flight of women's football is almost more of a closed shop than is the case for for the men's league. And I, I don't know why that is. There doesn't seem to be a a good reason for it and it must be really frustrating when you know you know that you can yeah finish top or have a really good run you know finish as a team in first or second miles ahead of the chasing pack and yet you've got to go into a playoff and then you know that's always a bit of a lottery and what happened this uh last well a couple of seasons previous is that there was a team that kept winning the league that we're in now but they didn't have the, the criteria to go up so they ended up staying in the leagues that we were in and they've got so kind of board I would say of doing the same thing each year that they actually started a new team and they, they've they gone in at the bottom league now just so that they can experience the promotions that they mm. 
rightly deserve. But the problem with that is that they should have been going up to the Adrian South and now they're destroying the, the bottom league because they're obviously too good to be in that league anyway. So it's ruins it for all the people that are in the lower leagues that kind of aren't necessarily the strongest footballers and probably most of them do it for fun. And then they end up getting battered each week by teams that probably shouldn't be in that league, but are just in there because they want to to pr- get promoted. I mean, I guess on on the flip side, the good thing is that both the Newport City women's team and the men's team are both at that third level competing to get up to the second level. And that second level seems to be like a, a, a decent standard and has some kind of big teams within it. So it, it's a, a good step to kind of get to, you know, as part of, part of that journey, I suppose. Yeah, we couldn't could quite believe it. Obviously, we don't say the the W word, but watching the Welcome to W uh, documentary and seeing teams on the documentary that are just one league above us yeah. and getting that like pub- publicity through that was kind of eye opening because you play it you play football on a Sunday. Most of us do it for a laugh, and some of us do it a little bit more, more seriously. But to think that we're only one step away from televisation or something like that is something that we really are really keen to get to so looking forward to what the future brings for that sort of thing again one of the things that's sort of in my mind with all of this is I've already mentioned you know Cardiff Swansea Wrexham they've all got women's teams in that Cymru set up and they're all you know performing at a, a relatively high level Newport County don't have that and so you know the closest we've got in in the city is Newport City women in and you as you already said you're going kind of great guns and you seem to have a a really good relationship with the the men's team as well. Is that is that kind of how it feels? You know, do you feel as though you're all part of the same, all part of the same like endeavor, trying to you know push forward for the city? Yeah, I definitely think like it's something definitely that's kind of come to fruition this season. Like historically, that relationship hasn't maybe been there so much, and maybe that was previously because there was such a gulf in like their facilities and ours. And some of that golf is created by how the setup is, I think, between like the difference between men's and women's football. But definitely since Mike and Gareth have come in, like they really came in properly like in the summer, didn't they? And I think since that's happened, there's kind of been a real drive behind the club as a whole getting behind the women's and also the men's. So there's kind of like, like you said, yeah, joint effort to sort of put Newport City on the map, if you like, and get like make some real noise about us and sort of get big numbers coming to games, both men's and women's and that kind of thing. And I do think that's kind of a joint effort now, which is a massive step forward in, from where it has been historically. Yeah, really good to hear. Uh, and tell us about the teams. If I was scouting you, what would I come away saying about Newport City's strengths and which players would make an impression? Uh, so this season we Obviously, got a new. We've had a new coach since like late part of last season, um, and when he came in, to be honest, we weren't in a very good place. We weren't winning games. Morale was very, very low. And then the summer, when then the next gen came in, and they said, "We need you to be better. We want you to recruit better players. We want you to go all guns blazing and make this happen." The few of us, well, there was probably good fifteen of us, big ones that like kind of were left. We went all out. We were promoting the club. We were making it seem like an attractive prospect. We were saying what we were going to have in the future. And we did manage to attract quite a few really decent players to the to the team. Like players that had played at like Abergavenny previously, um, maybe had fallen out of love with, with the game a little bit because of the standard that they were playing at and wanted to re- restart playing again. We like preyed on that a little bit, didn't we? And said what we had and what we didn't have. And we were very honest with what we could offer for, for the girls. So this season now, we were training really hard over the summer. We've been putting in a lot of effort, trying to get people fitter and enjoy football because obviously that's the most important thing. Um, Now we look like a really good team. And I can't believe that the majority of the players that we're playing with this season are the same players as we had last season. There was just something missing. If you came to watch us now, the kind of football that we play is kind of pass, move, pass, move, little kind of of what they say, tick-attack of football, little couple of passes, play the through ball. We hate playing the long ball. Uh, it's something that we're very passionate about. And unfortunately, quite a lot of teams in our league just hit the ball over the top and hope for the best. And we don't want to be that team. So we play really, really good football. In terms of players that you'd be interested in, we've got a really good squad. So it's really hard to kind of single people out. But for us, being kind of old, me and safe, uh, 
we like to focus on kind of the younger players that are coming through. And we've got like um, Brooke, for example, she's only 16 years old and I can only imagine what sort of future she's going to have because she's only 16. She's incredibly strong, great on the ball, uh, really, really quiet girl, but she's got so much potential for the future. And then you've got uh, players like Lauren, who she could take around the whole team, around the whole pitch if she wanted to and still score a goal. And I think she did that once in preseason. Then she took it from like our own half, took it around about four players and still managed to score. Um, and then you've got players that kind of have got their own uh, stories behind them. So we've got like players like Shauna, who she could have gone all the way in the Welsh set up, but she's got a little kid now. And so she can't commit as much time to that as she wants to. But in terms of like technique and stuff, she's okay. that second to none. She she's like the most calmest player on the football pitch. She'll just she plays the centre back for us, and not many people get past her now. So she's she's a solid asset for us as a team. The most important thing is that we're loving what we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Uh, we got Gabby, who's our skipper. She's running things from the top. She knows what we want to do, how we want to go, and she's scoring for fun at the moment. So I mean, the vibe in the camp is pretty good. We're really enjoying it, and it's great. And, and you talked about some of the young players coming through. So kind of beneath the women's first team, have you got like age groups for younger women and girls? What's the kind of setup beneath the the top, the top team? Well, the, this is where our problem comes, if you like. There isn't really in, I don't think, all of South Wales, a massive like pool to feed from for youngsters coming into women's setups. I don't think you'll find many clubs that have loads of age groups purely for girls we certainly at the moment don't but as as I understand it it is kind of a dream for the club going forward I know that this season we've just set up um, an under 13s and then further down we've got under sixes and sevens playing probably in minis and then going up from that in juniors eights nine tens and I would imagine that within especially those minis teams there are girls as well but they're not specific Girls only teams there, mainly boys teams. And I think you would find if you went to a lot of clubs, especially around and about Newport and South Wales, that there aren't loads of girls age groups, certainly not all the way up. And that kind of is a problem for the women's game in such that if you play under 13s and under 14s, for example, and then your pathway stops and there's nowhere that you can go, Unless perhaps you're playing at a really high level and you can go into an academy for, say, Swansea, Cardiff, wherever, then you kind of stop. So then you either busy yourself with finding other things to do and forget all about football, or you have two or three years out maybe and come back to the game when you're at the age where you can play in the women's setup. And that, to a degree, maybe holds back the women's game a little bit because you've got that gap. Looking at the positives of Cardiff City coming to Newport, Maybe in the future, they will have a pool of players and they will attract players within their setup where they've got the facilities, obviously, to provide for all age groups going right up to under 16s and then youths or under 19s or whatever. And we might then, and other clubs in Newport, potentially find ourselves with players from their setups who maybe didn't quite get into the first seat, you know, those or people who wanted to take it less seriously or things like that. But at the moment, Definitely, there's work to do, I think, on on setup for girls all the way up to women's because I don't think it really exists as much as it should. And that's another thing with the Cardiff team coming to Newport. They might have that set up and allow girls to progress that way. And then when they come to 16, then we can steal them because not every, not every little kid that goes through that setup will make it into the first team. So we could only benefit from that from them coming in in the future, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just kind of to to wrap us up, what are some of the games you've got coming up where you could really do with a crowd? You know, if our listeners have had their interest piqued by this conversation and think they'll come down and have a watch, what which games do you, would uh, would you really like to have a few extra people along to to cheer you up? We've got two really big games to to look forward to coming forward in the in the season. So the first game we've got is on the eleventh of February, and that's uh, we've drawn Cardiff City under nineteens in the cup. Uh, unfortunately, that one is away, but if people fancied the little trip, it's only at Ocean Park in Splot, so it's not too far. Um, they've got like a great little cafe there and stuff, so it's not oh, it's not all wasted if you did come. That poses a whole different challenge. Obviously, Cardiff City are in the Prem, so their under-19s are going to be of a similar standard, which is obviously two, three leagues above us. 
And obviously the added as- aspect of them being a lot younger than most of us. Uh, we've got a few few of us that are over 30 now in the team. And as much as we try, it's not always, uh, not always possible. But the big game for us is on the 21st of April. If we carry on the run that we're on and so do Pennebont, then the, the league will be decided on that day, which is the last game of the season. If we carry on exactly as we are, they would only need a draw out of us. But if we won, then we would win the league, which obviously is massive for us considering where we were this time last season. Pennebont are good. They've got one kind of good player. So we're kind of hoping that we can change our tactics a little bit for that game. But it could be a great day out for all if we were successful on that day. And we're working on it. We're, we're in a really good place. We've only got better during the season and hopefully we'll just continue on that path because we played them very early in the season, the first game. We did lose. It's the only game that we've lost this season, but we've only got better since then. Well, that sounds like a, a really good, exciting taste of uh, yeah how the, how the team are getting on. Make sure you get that in your diaries, everyone. 11th February, 21st of April. We will we'll try to remember to plug it uh, a few times between now and then. And, and yeah, make sure you remind us, Amy Sophie, to... Uh, to, to plug those games and we'll try and get a few a few listeners along thank you so much for your time it's been really interesting do stay in touch and let us know how the season progresses and hopefully we'll speak again in the future yeah that's great thank you uh, thanks for having us well there you have it folks put those two games into your diary away at Cardiff City under 19s at Ocean Park in Cardiff next Sunday 11th of February 2pm and then potentially a title decider at the Velodrome in Newport against Pelabon on Sunday, 21st of April, again at 2pm. It'd be great to see some familiar faces in the crowd supporting the women's game. And that just about wraps it up for this pod. Our next episode will likely cover both the Warsaw game and the Notts County game, so expect something around Valentine's Day. Perhaps you can listen with your lover. In the meantime, do follow us via all the social media platforms if you like. Subscribe so you don't miss future pods. Leave nice reviews if you are so inclined and recommend us to your friends. We've added a healthy number of subscribers after the last few. And so, great if that trend continue. We thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy all your feedback, all your interaction. And yeah, all the, uh, as the kids still say, banter. For now though, have a lovely week. Look after yourself and each other. And above all, keep it counting. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the Pro Pilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty. And with a bench full of all star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.